You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. Awesome. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and get to today's walk talk. I'm going to try to keep this one a little bit shorter today. I'm going to attempt to do that. I don't know if it's going to happen. So, these walk talks are totally random. Um, I will have a thought that I want to speak about. Normally, if I do this walk talk, it is going to be about a topic that I hear about or see about quite often um, on social media or something I've heard in a conversation or a conversation I've had with somebody in real life. Um, But the walk talks are casual talks where I just want to try to bring you some peace and some confidence and a sound mind in the truth in the truth of the gospel. The gospel is easy. The gospel is light. So if you're not hearing or you're not expressing or enjoying easy light stuff, you're not living the gospel life outwardly. You're not consuming it, I guess. Um, Cause we consume things through our eyes, through our ears, information. So the constant information that we are always hearing from different sources, um, we want to check it and we want to run it by the spirit of grace, run it by God. If it's not based on grace, then it's not the gospel. So the first rebuttal you will get from this is you're just saying people can sin. You're giving people a license to sin, but I'm not. Titus tells us it is the grace of God that teaches us how to live an upright, godly, self-controlled life. So uh, Paul told Titus, and it's in the book of Titus, uh, uh, Titus, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. So grace is the power of God which allows us to overcome sin and to live a righteous, godly life. So what is it that would give you the notion that sinning is okay. The law, because the law is not of faith. Why would I say that? Because the law does nothing but stir up sin. I'm not making this up. Read Romans chapter 11, Romans chapter 7, and we see Paul's battle with the law and what the law did in his life. Sinning galore. He was doing the very thing, doing the very things he did not want to do because he was following the law. He was sinning. He was expressing fruit unto death because he was attempting to follow the law. So let's be clear. Sinning is not natural for you as a saint. You're holy. You're blameless. You're righteous. You're a new creation. There's nothing wrong with you. So when you sin, and you will sin, I'm not saying you won't sin. That's another thing. Some people accuse us of saying sinning is not real or that we never sin. No, there are behavior passages all throughout the New Testament and righteous behavior is natural for us. It is our expression of who we already are. We're not having righteous behavior in order to be righteous, but because we are righteous. Okay, now, 
And if you're just joining my ministry, uh, quickly I'll introduce myself. I'm Matt McMillan. I'm a Christian author. I'm a regular person just like you. I always try to get that out there. I want to help build up your confidence in who you are and in who Christ is. If we can get these two things centered on our life, everything else will fall into place. Our relationships um, uh, with others and with ourselves and our situations. So confidence in yourself in Christ. And you're always in Christ, Christian. I'm not speaking about an unbeliever there. I'm talking about the regenerated person on the other side of the screen who is a new creation. You're always in Christ. Being in Christ is not a separate thing. And if we can build up your confidence in who you are in Christ, then we can enjoy our lives. Then we can enjoy our relationships. We can enjoy even our circumstances when they're difficult. Now, one of the number one things, and let me let me backpedal for just one other moment on sinning. What should you do when you sin? Repent. Repent every single time. When you sin, repent. But you're not repenting to sustain anything. You're not repenting to keep God close. So let's build on that. We repent not to keep God close, but because we are close. So you cannot get any closer to God than you already are at this exact moment in time. Period. There's no um, wiggle room on this. This is a pillar of the new covenant. So there's lots of things we can discuss and even disagree with, but our closeness with God it's immovable. So there's, this is something that you should be so confident in. You don't get upset when you hear this error because you know you're as close to God as you possibly can be. You are one spirit with the Lord. Christian. If you're not a Christian, you're not. You're not one spirit with the Lord. So if you're not a Christian, you're as far away from God as you can possibly be. It's one or the other, one or the other. You're either as close to God as you can possibly be, one with, or you're as far away from God as you can possibly be, without hope. Okay? So if we look to, let's look at some Bible passages. How about we start with a uh, an often used passage by those who struggle with legalism. Um, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. We've done that. Do you see it? We have done that. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. We don't want to turn drawing near to God into a work because it's already happened for Christians. Paul even, or uh, James even goes on to say, uh, cleanse your hands, you sinners. So clearly he's referring to sinners. Christians aren't sinners. We are holy saints who sometimes sin. We are not what we do. So the draw near to God and he'll draw near to you as if it's a work, an ongoing thing. It's error. It's error, friend. You've drawn near. You're one with. All right. Let's take a breath here. Regroup my thoughts. I've got so much information on this. 
and I just want to spout it all out at once. Let's let's talk about pre-cross and post-cross oneness with God. Before the cross, nobody was ever one with God permanently. After the cross, all who will believe in Christ for salvation become one with him. Jesus talks about this in the real Lord's Prayer in John chapter 17. I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. He hadn't gone to the cross yet, so that hadn't happened yet. When the cross happened, and if we look at the new covenant, which is Christ paying for the sin of the world, disarming Satan, and defeating death, that's what the cross did. So he said that in John 17, the cross happened. Now let's look after the cross. Let's look at Acts chapter two. This is the first time that the Holy Spirit permanently indwelled somebody. These apostles, these people were sealed up zip, with the Spirit. This had never happened before. So before the cross, God was with people and even on people but not in them permanently. And if he was in them, he left. Why? Because of sin. Sin had not been dealt with. Jesus dealt with sin. So after he paid the penalty for sin and he looked down the timeline of everybody's life who would ever believe in him and forgave them. He saw your sin. He knows you'll mess up, but he's already decided to forgive you because of the cross. So he forgave you your sin. When this happened, we now have the opportunity to be one with God. In Acts chapter 2, that was the first time it happened. The permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, now, they spoke in tongues. Tongues is not um, an angel language. Tongues is not repeated syllables from your native language of, of non-intelligible talk. Tongues is human foreign languages human foreign languages. If we look at Acts 2, we see that all these different groups of people were there and they all heard the gospel in their native tongue. It's a supernatural gift. Not everybody does it, uh, but it is not what certain denominations have made it. It is an evangelistic gift. So I can say to you, if I don't speak Spanish, the good news of the gospel in Spanish so you can understand it. That's tongues. So, they spoke in tongues. Great. And the reason why was because the gospel was released. It was released onto the Gentiles. Uh, it wasn't just for these Jewish people uh, in this upper room. It was for all who would believe. This is true predestination. Uh, the gospel being released onto the Gentiles. So, they have the opportunity to believe. And how they have that opportunity? Because they heard the gospel in their native tongue. Tongues is for a different day. I'm going to do that one day. Um, and if you want to, if you want to go deeper into tongues, you can go to my website, go to the search bar, just type in tongues. I've written about it. Now, God became one with them. One spirit. You are one with the Lord. Paul talks about this after the cross quite often. So we see in 
Colossians, um, let's talk about Colossians chapter three. You have died and you are now hidden with Christ in God. Old spirit died when you believed. Your new spirit was resurrected with Christ at the exact same time. And now you've been hidden in God. You're one with him. You can't undo this. You can't, you know, I hear this all the time. I was running from God for so long. If you were a Christian, he ran with you. Where you run, he runs. You're one with him. Yeah, but I was sinning too much. Yeah, but if you're a Christian, those sins are already forgiven. You, your repentance of immature actions and attitudes doesn't cause him to stay. Do you see it? What causes him to stay? The cross, the resurrection, the promise between the father and the son, not you. You believed, you received the spirit, you became one with him. You're one. This is what you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have to stop trying to deal with a works-based righteousness of repenting to get God to come back. What does that look like? It looks like, God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. Please come back. Uh, he, he's saying, I'm here. I'm in you. God, I'm really sorry this time. I'm going to do this so you'll come back. What you do has no bearing on him coming back. He's there. This is the gospel. He's one with you. So let's look at First uh, Corinthians six. First Corinthians. Uh, let's first look at and my favorite Bible passage is First Corinthians six seventeen. Let's look at the passage before First Corinthians six seventeen, um, verse sixteen. Paul says, "Whoever is united with a prostitute is one with her in body, in your body, in your flesh. Not the flesh. We're not talking about sarks, but he is saying." Um, and I'm kind of being a little, little graphic here, but this makes the example. When you have sex with somebody as a male, you are inside a female. Okay. You become one in body. Okay. That is the example that Paul is trying to make. You become one with the Lord. Then the very next, uh, the very next Bible passage says he who is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So. And this is a human example that he's using. A male and a female during intercourse. But our relationship with God is even deeper than that. Because God is in us and we are in God at the same time. It is both of us in each other together. Do you see it? So, again, being, being graphic, a penis is in a vagina, male is in the female... It's deeper than that with, no pun intended, it's deeper than that with the gospel. We are one with God, we're in him, and he is in us. Um, an example I wrote about this in one of my books that uh, got quite a bit of um, um, positive feedback was cereal in milk, milk in cereal. The cereal is not the milk, the milk is not the cereal. But the cereal is in the milk and the milk is in the cereal. Separate yet one. That's your relationship with God. And you cannot undo this. You, you're, you have to come to the realization that this is a free gift because of what Christ has done. So be sure not to look back at the Old Testament 
and how they always beg God to come back. David begged his, uh, begged for him not to take his spirit from him. They longed for what we now have because of what Christ has done. And if we look at, um, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. They list, uh, the author lists these patriarchs of the Jewish faith and lists Rahab, and she's not even a Jew. These people, by faith, were righteous, but they did not attain what had happened after the cross. The great cloud of witnesses is not your dead uncle. It's these patriarchs of the Jewish faith who believed God. They didn't look to the law for righteousness. And they longed for what we now have in Christ. And the author of Hebrews is saying, he is here. Jesus is here. You can now repent from that stuff back toward Christ. Now, um, let's talk about a couple other things here. My screen just went dark. Let me see if I can. You guys still there? I can barely see my screen it went dark, but I'm just going to continue because it says I'm still live. Um, you're one with God and you can't sustain this. You can't improve this. You can't add to this. There's nothing you can do to complete it. So just rest, rest in that fact. This is, this is the good news of the gospel, which will lead you into a life of good works into a life of healthy relationships, into a life of repentance. Repentance is a, a normal, healthy thing for a Christian. Repentance just simply allows you to mature. We are all maturing, we're all learning, we're all growing, and um, we're not doing those things to keep God any closer. So, I hope this has encouraged you guys today. Always tell the truth about yourself. What's the truth? You're one with the Spirit of the Lord. Why? Because you believe Jesus forgave you, and he did. And he not only forgave you, he gave you new life. And then he joins you permanently in your spirit. You're good to go, friend. You can thank Jesus every day for your oneness with God, but there's no need to repeatedly beg him to come back because he doesn't leave. When you sin, he doesn't leave. When you accomplish something, he doesn't come back. So enjoy that relationship. So I hope this has helped you guys today. And um, always be yourself. Always tell the truth about yourself. And know that you are one spirit with God. All right, y'all have a great Thursday. We'll see you next time on the next Walk Talk. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this Walk Talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com.